You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. This morning is an anointing service, and you've all come to receive an anointing, am I right? The truth is the Bible teaches us that you are an anointed one whether you like it or not. The Bible says you've got an anointing on the inside of you. Do you believe that God has anointed you, that God has empowered you? Family, the anointing is there for a purpose. The anointing is there for a reason. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me for a specific reason, to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. The anointing is there for a purpose. So if you desire the anointing, it's for a purpose. Amen? Many people... Run from anointing service to anointing service. They hear this pastor's anointing service, then they're there. Then they hear that bishop has got an anointing service, then they run there. But nothing has changed in your life. And now people start to blaspheme and they say, it doesn't help going to anointing service. I've been to that place, nothing changed in my life. And we start to say that there's no power in the anointing, but we know that the Bible says the anointing has got the ability to destroy every yoke in your life. When we talk about a man's heart, a man's spirit, it's the same thing. When a man's spirit is free, it becomes useful. But when a man's spirit or his heart is in bondage, there's a heaviness. It's not as effective as it should be. A free spirit is an anointed spirit. This will bring me to our sermon topic for this morning. A free spirit is an anointed spirit. When I talk about your spirit, I'm talking about your heart. What are the things keeping your heart in bondage? You know, there's two kinds of anointing. There's the anointing upon And there's the anointing within. There's the anointing upon and the anointing within. The anointing upon is the gifting of God. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach, to heal, to deliver. But then there's the anointing within. It's your character. Those flame, the one upon and within should burn as one flame. The anointing is there to separate you unto the Lord. When somebody was anointed, they were anointed for a specific reason and purpose. King Saul, King David was anointed to be king. The Levites were anointed to fulfill a specific task, a purpose. The challenge that we have today is that people's hearts are burdened by certain things. Weights on the inside. They come here this morning saying, Lord, anoint me. Let your anointing fall upon me, destroy yokes in my life. But nothing has changed on the inside. Anoint me, Lord, to be successful for business. But in their hearts, they are scheming evil business dealings. Their hearts are pulling them in one direction. But outwardly, they're saying another thing. People do that with Jesus today. He said, they want to worship me with their mouths outwardly. 
but their hearts are far from me. This is why people run from anointing service to anointing service and nothing changes. What has changed on the inside? You change on the inside, then you start changing on the outside. You know, the anointing, everybody says, I want to be anointed. I want special anointing oil, anoint me with this, go there, that this anointed man can lay hands on me. But the anointing, number one, if you know that you're an anointed one, you have Christ on the inside of you, the anointed one. You'll have the anointing. The Bible says in the book of 1 John, chapter 2, that you have the anointing on the inside of you that has the ability to teach you, to lead you, to guide you. Do you know the anointing is there to bring correction in your life? People just want to be anointed to have the goosebumps. Because I want this anointing, the outward sign of the inward presence of the Holy Spirit that's upon you to remain with you. That's why you need this teaching. You know, the anointing can rebuke you. Please stand with me in your Bibles to Psalm 141. Let the righteous strike me, it shall be kindness. And let him rebuke me, it shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it, for still my praise against the deeds of the wicked. 1 John 2 verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. I love God's presence. It's there where we receive instruction and guidance and direction for our lives. Family, you want the anointing outwardly today. You want me to anoint you. And we are going to do that. But more important, in which direction is your spirit yielding? In which direction are you yielding? You can want it outwardly, but what's going on inwardly? Remember, we have a good case study from the Word of God. The people want it a king. So God said, I will anoint a king. I'll give you a king. Saul was anointed. The Bible says Samuel anointed him out of a jar of clay, which represents man's choice. Remember, you are made from clay. But David, God's choice, was anointed from a ram's horn, God's authority. You want the anointing from God, but the truth is you are an anointed one already. Because you don't believe it in your heart, your heart is pulling you in another direction. For things to change in your life, things must change on the inside. Your heart needs to change. To be anointed means you are separated unto the Lord to do what God has called you to do. So when you are separated unto the Lord, whatever you say, God will be interested in it. Whatever you do, God will be interested in it. When Saul was anointed king, God was interested in what he was doing. The man of God would come to say, go and attack these people. God is going with you in battle. He was interested in what he was doing, what he was saying. We're in the church service now. We want breakthrough. We want deliverance. We want healing and all those things. But when you leave here, will God still be interested in what you are thinking about? What you are meditating about. 
Because that which is not fit for meditation is not fit for conversation. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 6. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. When your spirit is worried, you cannot hear from God. Because all these things are occupying your heart. The cares of this world. The devil said, straps for us. Listen to what the Bible says. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But choose carefully, for you surrender yourself to become a servant, bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master, and it will own you and reward you with death. But if you choose to love and obey God, He will lead you into perfect righteousness. And God is pleased with you, for in the past you were servants of sin, but now your obedience is heart deep. True obedience comes from your heart. You're first obedient in your heart. And your life is being molded by truth through the teaching you are devoted to. And now you celebrate your freedom from your former master, sin. You've left its bondage, and now God's perfect righteousness holds power over you as his loving servants. Family, the promise that was made to Abraham was the Holy Spirit. God's presence in our life is what changes things in our lives. God requires obedience from our hearts. People can say one thing with their mouths, but what do they really believe in their hearts? The Bible says, who you yield to is who will be master over you. So I can come here and say that I love him. Outwardly, I say I love him, which is the right thing to do. But in my heart, I'm offended and angry with him. So my heart is choosing sin. Outwardly, I'm saying I love him. But inwardly, I'm actually yielding towards this direction. The way your heart is healing, the direction that your heart, your spirit is healing, is the one who is master over you. Because Jesus is spirit, and we ought to worship him in spirit and in truth. So it's not what you say with your mouth. Not what you say with your mouth. It's what you believe in your heart. So if I come here and I say, Lord, I've come to love you, I forgive him, I release him. But in my heart, there's bitterness towards him. Have I not come to be anointed to be a better sinner? Will God anoint me to become a better sinner? That's why we need the anointing to destroy the yoke in our lives. Inwardly, we first have to change and say, Lord, wash my heart, cleanse my heart. I'm going to yield towards the blood of Jesus to wash me and to cleanse me. As you have forgiven me, I can forgive him. Now, when I talk, what I'm saying has my heart's full agreement. Amen. That is faith. When what you say has your heart's full agreement, now you can release faith. Amen. Can you see why people are so double-minded? They come to church and they know they have to say one thing. But in their hearts, when they are confessing it, they're confessing it this side, but their hearts are going this side. 
They're saying we are loyal, but in their hearts are pulling towards disloyalty. We say, I forgive this brother, but in our hearts we say, wait, I'm going to sort you out. God gives us discretion. The ability to make decisions. The anointing is here to teach us, to lead us, and to guide us. Just because you're an anointed one doesn't mean you will never make wrong decisions. But when the Holy Spirit leads you, He will lead you in the right direction. That's why even when there's temptation, the Bible says God will show you the way out. There's a need for us to change on the inside. To be led by the Holy Spirit. To walk in discretion. Your heart, my heart, cannot be set on the things of this world. Evil, the things of the devil. My heart cannot be set upon these things and now produce freedom in my life. If my heart is set upon these things and I'm yielding to these things, it cannot bring freedom in my life. If my heart is focused towards darkness, how can the light come? What has light got to do with darkness? Can you see the challenge that people are facing? They've set their hearts upon the wrong things. All the things the kingdom of God will add into our lives. But then we want the kingdom of God to manifest in our lives. So when I yield to God's spirit, I share in his righteousness. Then I want to do more righteous deeds. I want to be more like God. Remember the thing that's causing trouble in your life is evil spirits, the devil. The devil comes to kill, steal and destroy. But God has come to give us life and life in abundance. Evil spirits have control over the works of the flesh. As the Holy Spirit has control over the fruits of the Spirit. So that's why it's so important who you yield to. Can you see the challenges that you are facing right now? You've had your part to play. 99% of the challenges that you are facing, you were the very reason for those challenges in your life. Family, what you receive here is to equip you. It's not just to come and receive the fruits of Christianity. It's here to equip you. If you think you can just come and get that, you're deceiving yourself. Many people think they can outwit God. Do you really think you can outsmart God? Because you're a very clever businessman and you outwit and outsmart people. You negotiate and you bargain and you trick them. You think you can do the same with God. God is the one who created you. He knows you. God will not give you a blessing if he knows that very blessing can affect your relationship with him. He's more interested in your character. He's more interested in your eternal glory than in your current comfort. Can you see the need for the Holy Spirit, the anointing on the inside to lead us and to guide us? So that we can finish strong. You know, I've been reading in 1 Samuel about the anointed kings, King Saul and King David. Both of them were anointed. Both of them were anointed. The Bible says Saul, Samuel came to Saul in 1, 1 Samuel 15. Take your time and go read it. 1 Samuel 15. Samuel came to him and said, 
God has anointed you. You've been anointed to be a king, to be a ruler. Go out against the Amalekites and utterly destroy them. The king, the men, the women, the animals, everything. Destroy everything. He gathers, I think, 200,000 men and they go. They have a victory in battle. But then a report comes to Samuel saying they spared Agag, the king's life, and the animals. The Bible says the best, the things that were useless, they destroyed that utterly. But when they saw the nice goats and the cows, they spared them. So now Samuel goes to him and says to him, a matter of fact, when he comes to meet Samuel, he says to Samuel, Oh, highly favored man of God, you are blessed. I have done what the Lord has told me to do. And Samuel's response is, he's like sarcastic. He says, if you've done what the Lord has told you to do, why am I hearing these bleating of goats in my ears? <laughs> What's these goats that I hear? He says, oh, that. No, no, no. That is the very best that we've kept. We want to bring a sacrifice to the Lord. They become very spiritual. He says, no, God is not interested in your sacrifices. He's interested in your obedience. He's interested in your obedience. Obedience, a loyal heart, attracts the presence of God. Not your sacrifices that you are making, your obedience to what God has called you to do. In the next chapter, you see David is anointed as king. David is anointed as king. And the chapter after that, you see David becomes a giant slayer. The truth is, the person who was supposed to kill the giant was Saul. But God's presence was not with him anymore. So he could not be a giant slayer. Family, listen to me. David was not anointed on the day of battle to kill the giant. But he walked in God's obedience, in God's righteousness, long before the time he was an anointed one. How do I know that? Because when he met with Saul, he said to Saul, the anointing helped me to kill the lion. And God's presence helped me to kill the bear. This same anointing is going to kill this giant. Some of you are looking for a special giant anointing. The anointing that kills the lion is the one who kills the bear, is the one who kills giant. You know, the Bible says Saul was the one when he went into battle. He went into battle. He would choose the biggest guy on the field, on the battlefield, and he would go kill that guy. Because God's presence was with him. What did David pray in Psalm 51? He says, Lord, do not let your spirit depart from me. Because he knew he was not the giant slayer, but he had a friend in the Holy Spirit who was a giant slayer. The Bible teaches us that David, as a young anointed man, he acted more wisely than anybody else. 
the spirit of wisdom rested upon him. Spirit of counsel. Spirit of understanding. Spirit of the fear of the Lord was upon him. And he could act more wisely than anybody else. Actually, the Bible says when Saul noticed this, he became very afraid of David. And as long as David stayed close to God, remained in that anointing, didn't start doing things he was not supposed to do, it went well. Remember, when he was not functioning as the king he's supposed to be, the Bible says at the, in, in, in 2 Samuel 11, verse 1, it says at the appointed time, when kings go out to battle, David stayed at home. The anointing was there for a purpose, to empower him to be a king, but then he stayed at home. What happened soon after that, when he moved away from God, the purpose, he became an adulterer, and very soon after that, a murderer. We thank God for second chances. We thank God for second chances. You know, in the old covenant, the Spirit of God, when they sinned, departed from them. Remember, Samuel, when he anointed David as king, after that, the Spirit of God departed from Saul. But the Spirit remained with David. That's why David said, Lord, do not let your Spirit depart from me. But now in the new covenant, better promise, better covenant, says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It means God is with you the whole time. But now you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You still need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You still need Him to go before you. You still need Him to be your shield, to be your protection. You still need to be obedient to receive an infilling of the Holy Spirit. The grace of yesterday, the anointing of yesterday will not do today what it needs to do. You need grace today. Amen? You need a new empowerment for the challenges of tomorrow. Turn to your neighbor and say, behave more wisely. Listen to what the Bible says, Psalm 51 verse 10. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Start over with me and create a new clean heart within me. Fill me with your pure thoughts and holy desires. Ready to please you. May there never be even a shadow of darkness between us. May you never deprive me of your sacred spirit. I like what David says. Lord, start over with me. Give me a new beginning. In Christ, we all have a new beginning. Amen. Family, the anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing helps you to walk in humility and sincerity of heart. When you're an anointed one, it's very easy to start to think that's you that's doing it. When you're an anointed one, you have to rely even more on God. Samuel had to rebuke Saul when he had received clear instruction. When he spoke to Samuel, he said, I did do what the Lord had told me to do. I've utterly destroyed. But he did not because his heart was yielding in the direction, I want what I want. And he took the best cattle. The best of the best he kept for himself. And even afterwards, he did not repent. Because his heart was pulling in another direction. He was saying one thing, 
but his heart was actually yielding in another direction. You know, it's so hard to, if you read that, he never even repented. He said sorry, but it was not in humility and sincerity of heart. He said to Samuel, I've acknowledged I have sinned, but now honor me in the presence of the people. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop making excuses. What did Saul do? Saul said, it's the people who put the pressure on me. It's the people who took the best of the best. I'm trying to fix it now by saying we'll sacrifice it to the Lord. The only reason people make excuses is because of pride. People don't listen because they don't believe in Jesus. They don't listen because their heart is burdened with something. Something from the world or unforgiveness or bitterness. In the same way, people don't give, don't give their tithe because they don't believe that they should give. They don't give because their hearts are burdened. Isn't it time to deal with the burden in your heart once and for all? To get that dust off your shoulders, off your feet? Family, the truth is, Galatians 3 verse 13 says that Christ has absorbed the curse. The curse has been dealt with. The blessing is greater than the curse. This means we don't have any excuses anymore. People try to cover up things because of pride. This is the real problem. Blame your boss. Blame your spouse. Oh, pastor, you don't know what family I come from. This family, buh, 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 buh. And because they do buh, 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 I'm doing blah, 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 blah. You have the anointed one on the inside of you to lead you and to guide you. It is time to let go of these things. You know, a matter of fact, in the book of Nehemiah, when they had to build the temple, rebuild the temple, it says exactly like this. There was too much rubbish, so they couldn't build the wall. It is time to let go of the rubbish. What is the rubbish keeping you back? Is it offense? Is it disappointment? Is it hatred? Your family? You are an anointed one, whether you like it or not. God wants to lead you, wants to guide you. He has said life in abundance. But it's His way. Can you see why people are so frustrated? They're saying, God, help me, but their hearts are pulling in another, another direction. They become frustrated, miserable. Now they say the anointing does not work. Prayer does not work. Is there a God? It's time for self-examination. To look and see what's going on in your heart. Why was Jesus so anointed? Because he loved righteousness. Hebrews 1 verse 9 says, You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Righteousness attracts the anointing. Listen what the Passion Translation says. For you have cherished righteousness and detested lawlessness. 
For this reason, God your God has anointed you and poured out on you the oil of bliss more than on any of your friends. Family, walk in righteousness. Walk in obedience. We see in David's life, the key was to walk in obedience. But you can ask David, you can ask Samson, the cost of disobedience is always more than obedience. Samson, it cost him his eyes. The cost of disobedience is always more than the cost of obedience. Is it worth it? You want to be an anointed one. We can anoint you. But when you leave here, if nothing has changed in your heart, how will you attract that anointing the whole time? You want the presence of God to be with you the whole time. It means the dust on your feet. What did Jesus say when he sent out his disciples? He anointed them, he empowered them. He says, when you go into a house and they don't receive you, they reject you. He says, get the dust off your feet. What dust has been clinging to you? Dust of unforgiveness? Dust of bitterness? Dust of resentment? Tell me, it seems like a very ordinary thing to do. But with Jesus, things that seem very ordinary in the natural, oftentimes has an extraordinary effect in the spirit. Things that seem ordinary in the natural has an extraordinary effect in the spirit. Acts 13 verse 51. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What did they do? They, get, they got the dust away. If you get the dust out of your life of disappointment, of resentment, immediately you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you are making a decision to choose righteousness. You're making a decision to choose light and life. And when you make that decision, automatically that's where the presence of God is. Remember, many people today can say no to sin. But you can only say yes to righteousness if the Holy Spirit is involved. So if it comes from your heart in humility and sincerity of heart, the Holy Spirit will affect it. Acts 5 verse 32, listen here. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Do you want more Holy Spirit? Become more obedient to his word. It's not just about seeing his works, but learning his ways. You've come to be anointed here, but it's an outward sign. We want permanent change on the inside. A new heart before we can receive new wine. Allowing God to change us from the inside out. Then you'll know that you're an anointed one whether you like it or not. The anointing is there to empower you to become a better Christian. Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem, for you shall receive power. Infilling of the Holy Spirit. 
The anointing is just an outward sign of what's happened inwardly. It's the same as baptism. Baptism is the outward sign that the person has died and that he's been resurrected, been made alive by Christ. Baptism is the outward sign. The same way anointing with oil is an outward sign. Amen? Then the anointing, when it becomes a part of you, it will saturate every area of your life. Remember the prophet that died afterwards when they got his hold of his bones and people fell on the bones. That anointing resurrected them. Paul took aprons. When he gave it to people, there was an anointing upon it to destroy yokes. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to heal the broken heart and to set the captives free. So when those cloths, those aprons came and fell upon people because of the anointing, the yoke was destroyed. Peter, so anointed that even his shadow was anointed. The river he walked in his shadow fell on people. People would get healed. God can use anything. If you're an anointed one, whatever you touch will be anointed, will be blessed. But what you touch, make sure what you are touching is light. It's approved by God. Amen? Do what God has called you to do. Remember, God, Abraham, the Bible teaches that he was a prophet. He was anointed by God. God said to him, get away from your family. Move away. Go to the land that I've called you to go. Lot went with him. Lot just went with him. Soon after that, there was strife between the two of them. Abram said, we are family. We are family. Let there not be fighting. Choose your part. Let me choose my part. Abram telling, where did you want to go? Look and see what you want. He says, I want that portion there. Immediately after that, you hear God saying, Abraham, now you look. The one was man saying, look. The other was God saying, look. And as Abraham lifted up his eyes, God said, all of that is now yours. Where did Lot end? Close to Sodom. Close to sin. Make sure you walk in the anointing that God has got for you. Don't try and walk in another man's anointing. You are an anointed one. You have the anointed one on the inside of you. Hear what God is saying to you. Wherever the anointing leads you, the Spirit of God leads you, there will be light and there will be life. All of us have made mistakes. David said, Lord, start over with me. Start anew with me. Make a decision from today. Not just the outward sign, but to listen inwardly to what the Holy Spirit saying to you make a decision to yield towards righteousness and not unrighteousness family this is the battle of all ages the battle between the flesh and the spirit remember there's three spirits there's your own spirit there's god's spirit and there's the holy spirit the devil evil spirits the holy spirit and your own spirit the one you yield to is the one you make your God. Is the one that you bow the knee to. So if we're an anointed one, and we truly believe it, 
we yield to the Holy Spirit. Then we'll see the fruits of the Spirit. But when we yield to the flesh, it's there where the devil can torment us because he has power over the works of the flesh. Can you see the importance not just saying outwardly with your mouth, I'm an anointed one, but inwardly knowing that you're an anointed one and that the anointing teach you, leads you, and guides you. Because then God's presence will be with you the whole time. He goes before you like a fire. He'll be your shield. He'll be your protection. David loved God's presence because in God's presence, so he receives guidance and strength. Moses, when he was on the mountain inquiring from God, who was the one who remained in the cloud? Joshua. Because he was in God's presence, God was empowering him, equipping him to be the leader to lead Israel into the promised land. We need to find the time to get into God's presence, into that anointing. Jesus said in the book of Revelations, Purchase from me gold refined in the fire, that which comes from heaven. Seek that, because in that there's light and life. Lot looked from a natural point of view and thought he was making a good decision. But it was a good decision, not a God decision. At the end of the day, he was staying outside of Sodom. Moved inside. Both his sons-in-law died. He had to flee with his life. His wife turned into a salt pillar. Abraham was the one interceding for him. Barely escaped. You know what happened with his daughters and him? Make God decisions. Allow the anointing on the inside to lead you and to guide you in everything. You are an anointed one, whether you like it or not. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.